I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week, I'm joined by none other than reality star, businesswoman, supermom, and all-around brilliant egg. <laughs> it's Christine McGinnis, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I cannot like continue this podcast for another second without saying how fucking fabulous that room is that you're sitting in. Where are you? Is it your dressing room? This is my dressing room, yeah. Try Yeah. It's so like it's just giving expensive. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty fancy. It's, for me, it's given tidy, clutter free. I can I can think clearly in this room. There's no yeah. kids in here, just me and some clothes behind the doors. It's lovely. It's, it's your safe space, it's your sanctum. I sometimes do me podcasts from up in mine to be honest, but it is an absolute shithole at the moment for you. <laughs> You're getting my Christmas tree instead, Christy. I have seen your wardrobe and I do often think, don't you just want to put some doors on and then you don't need to see all of the, the clothes everywhere? <laughs> yeah, mate, I totally regret daily going for that whole like open concept vibe. Like yeah. I thought it was really cool. And it is like, obviously, if you're a fucking organised person and not a slob exactly. like me. <laughs> Honestly, mate, it stresses us out so much. Like, next time, babe, I'm going for the doors, definitely. Yeah. Maybe a nice mirrored effect like you've got going on. It's definitely... But this is going to make you sick. Now, mine is actually very organised behind the doors. <laughs> yeah, you see, me and you are definitely cut from different cloth, I can tell. Have you always been really organised and, like, and, and sort of put well put together if you had to be because of, like, your family life? Um, No, always, even as a child, my room was always... Full. I always liked everything to be lined up. I didn't like clutter. My clothes were always colour coordinated. Yeah, I always I just think I can think clear of everything's organised. I've been like that from very, very little. Um, that was before I knew I was autistic. I, I got diagnosed a few years ago and everything kind of makes sense now. Um, yeah. But for me, I, I don't understand why everyone isn't a bit more like that because it just gives you headspace. No, honestly, mate, I wish I was. Erkan's far more like you. Like, can't, can't even, I'll say it to him at night, I'll be like, come watch your film. And he'll be like, I can't lie down with you on the sofa knowing that the dogs have been chewing their bones and there's hair and everything. Like, let us just tie no. you up. And, and I'm like lying in the filth, Christine. Honestly, oh, no. <laughs> I'm I would be your worst nightmare, mate. You'd hate me. I'm just chaos personified. Oh, I can't help it. I'll be lying there at three o'clock in the morning and I'll be thinking I might just go and organise that drawer over there and I'll just go and fluff those cushions off. 
Christine, do you want to come live with me? <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> I'd drive you. I'd drive you insane, mate. Um, you did just mention there about like when you were growing up and stuff. Your room had to be totally tidy. But tell us a little bit about what your life was like back then. You were fr- you're from Liverpool, right? Yeah, I grew up on a really big council estate, Hailwood. Um, my mum was a single parent. She had three kids, so there's me, my brother, my sister. And we never had much, but we we were all right. We were just, you know, we were happy. It was a very normal childhood um, until I got to secondary school. So in junior and infant school, it was a really small school. I was quite happy. You know, I knew who my teacher was. I knew everybody in the classroom. Um, and I was, I was doing okay. And then I went to secondary school and that's where everything changed for me. Suddenly, I felt like I was in this huge, big, massive place with thousands of new pupils and I didn't know everybody was. And you know what it's like when you go to secondary school, you're moving from class to class. You're not just in one place anymore. And then every teacher is different. All the pupils are different in the different lessons. Um, And that's when I started to struggle. Um, Yeah, and and quickly spiralled with everything and, and didn't quite know what was going on. It was just you know, often told, oh, she's a teenager, she's being difficult, she's quite challenging. And whereas for me, as I understand it now, I was simply massively overwhelmed, hugely overwhelmed. Um, the whole secondary school was just sensory overload for me. The noise, the, you know, the no routine, the the canteen for me, the canteen was just an awful place. And so as a teenager, I really, really struggled. Yeah. Um, but my childhood was I'd say just nice, normal, you know, like most, nothing, nothing special, nothing fancy, but we we were okay. We had food and water. I had my mum, so it's fine. Do you know what, mate? It's mad. Like, obviously now you've got your autism diagnosis, which must feel in a sense like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders, I suppose. Do all of these moments from your past just fall into place now and make sense? Yeah. 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 Massively. I always just thought I was odd or weird and I, and I was so hard on myself for being different and for feeling so different and thinking, why am I like this? Why do I have to have everything organised? Why do I insist on having white walls? And, you know, I, I just thought I'm really difficult to live with. I actually felt like I was difficult to live with because of how I am. And then once I got diagnosed, I was kind of like, OK, it all makes sense now. And I can have a laugh about it and, you know, we'll joke about it. But as a teenager, I really struggled. I ended up with an eating disorder, I left school really early, um, partied a hell of a lot, drank a lot of alcohol from the ages of 14 to 19, and then I absolutely stopped and I've never drank since. But in those years, I was I was massively misunderstood and I didn't understand myself. Had I been diagnosed earlier, I'd like to think a lot of that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm diagnosed now and the last couple of years, it's changed my life for the better. I think you go through a bit of a grieving process when you yeah. get a, light, a late diagnosis of something because you kind of, you know, you, you can't help but think about what, what life could have been. You know, if I would have had that extra support at school, I might have gone on to sixth form, I might have gone on to university. You know, who knows what I would have done. Um, but I'm here now and, and I just I, I get on with it most days. And I think knowing about yourself, and understanding yourself is is massive it's it's key to to happiness to success to just living a more authentic life just knowing about yourself yeah 
I think that's a really common thought process, Christine. Like my friend is um he's 41 and he got diagnosed with ADHD in the last couple of years. And like in retrospect, you know, in hindsight, it's a really lovely thing, isn't it? Like there were so many essentially like warning signs of that he had yeah. ADHD. But he he, he you ignore them you, you think oh I'm like you said you know oh, I'm just a bit odd or this is just me it's me quirk whatever and he's done that he's really grieved for the life he could have had had yeah. he, had he known when he was younger so I think that's really normal mate but I do think it's worth mentioning because of the brilliant thing you things you're doing using your platform to spread awareness to talk about it talking openly with me here making your documentary all these things there will be no children now who feel the way you did like no children will get missed no children will get like misdiagnosed they will know they've got autism and they can have that life and i think that's a really like i think i mean that's the dream yeah. that, that is the dream isn't it you know i think i think early diagnosis is so important all of my children were diagnosed before they were four um, and they're doing so much better than I am now they're, they're doing absolutely amazing and that's because they've had support from such a young age they started speech and language therapy they had food play therapy they, they were desensitized at school so everything was slowly slowly for them yeah. um you know there's there's a lot of care and attention that goes into supporting children like mine but I think doing that from a young age means that they will be the most independent, thriving little adults that they can be and will be one day because they've had that diagnosis early. I think talking about it, being open about it, um, even with my children, I am very much, we talk about it quite a lot and helping them understand themselves. It's it's life-changing. It really is. It's life-changing. And the, and the more that people can spot it and know the signs early on, especially in girls, because boys and girls do tend to display their autism differently. Um, it it really can change how you're going to go through life, how you're going to develop, how you're going to socialise, you know, what job you're going to get, how you're going to cope uh, for mental health massively. I think it's so important. But it is just talking about it, raising awareness and helping people understand. Like, there is a lot still, Christine, of, like, misinformation around autism and people who actually don't understand it, you know, for somebody who has been living under a rock, hasn't seen your documentary or potentially doesn't know enough about autism. How would you describe it? Autism is a development delay. Um, it's, it's a huge, big, massive spectrum. And for me, I'm fascinated by it because you can meet, you can meet a hundred people who have got the same diagnosis, all autistic every single one of them will be different, but there'll be things in there that are quite similar, like the speech and language delays, the social communication side of things. Um, some really, really love noise and, and it stimulates them. Some absolutely hate it and they find it too much. So it can be very contradictory. Um, I think for anyone with autism, it's it's really important to try and communicate with them in a way that suits them. I think communication, even for me, is still something I struggle with. Um, and finding the right way for the individual is how you're going to figure out what help and support they need. My three children are all completely different. They've all got one diagnosis. Um, I see a bit of me in all of them. But um, but truly all of it is just is just understanding. I think a lot of people are aware of it now. If you asked if you've asked 500 people in a room, have you heard of autism? The majority of them would raise the hand. But if you ask, do you actually understand autism? I don't think many do unless they've actually got 
children themselves or if they are autistic themselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, quite simply, it is a, it's a development delay that can affect speech and language and communication. And you are like, obviously really doing your bit to help raise awareness um, and sort of break down any sort of stigmas or taboos. You made a documentary with Paddy and your family, didn't you, called Our Family yes. and Autism. Like you must feel really proud about that, mate. It was fantastic. I'm so proud. I'm, I really, really am. Honestly, it will forever be the best thing I've ever done. Um, not just for us as a family, for us as a family, it was amazing. And it really, it helped him understand yeah. You know, I think he was learning along the way as much as the viewers were. But the response from it and the amount of people that contacted us and contacted the BBC, you know, just saying thank you was was incredible. And I still now, years later, I get messages every single day on social media saying, I've just watched your documentary. Thank you so much for doing it. You know, if children are feeling more comfortable expressing themselves, teenagers especially, we know that teenagers, it's a difficult age anyway. So when you are considered to be different again for more so for girls they tend to hide it try and fit in they'll try and mask and act like everybody else and that's definitely what I done and I still do now um I think by us just doing a, a really open honest documentary talking about it, it it's helped a hell of a lot of people but it's helped us massively too yeah that's what I was going to say like obviously I made a documentary a couple of years ago now about me dad and my oh thank you but like we're relationship with alcohol and I at times found that really hard like it put it, it put pressure on our relationship like I've I discovered I'd been an enabler for a lot of my life with me dad like just didn't want to rock the boat didn't want to make him feel worse so but you, you know perpetuated his his yeah. habit his habits essentially you know um and it, it was hard to realize that about myself um, and also even harder to break those habits and have to push yeah. through and say hard, say hard home truths and be honest and whatever. I come out the other, like I was emotionally drained from it. Like so many times I want to throw in the towel, yeah. but we'll come out the other side, like stronger than ever. And I understood more about him and, I think he finally understood how he was making me and our family feel and stuff. So I found it really difficult, but the end result was really worth it. And I wondered if that was the same for you guys. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And from that, I went on to do another documentary that focused on autistic women and girls. Um, and again, that just opened up more conversation, you know, more more people getting diagnosed. Um, I know from doing the documentary within 24 hours, there was over 200,000 women and girls searching for a diagnosis no. um, that may not have. Yeah. So GPs hate me right now. <laughs> You're the reason the NHS has gone to shit, Christine. 
<laughs> yeah. no one could get an appointment because of that bloody Christine McGuinness. Um, but you know, it's it's so important. And I know, I know the NHS is under pressure. I know waiting lists are already through the roof, but it just goes to show how much more there is to be done. Yeah. You know, the the does need to be a lot more in place. I think there needs to be, you know, teachers that are able to have extra support in the classroom. I think there needs to be extra provisions for children with additional needs. Um, there isn't enough special needs schools in our country. We know that, you know, there's children who are autistic, ADHD, dyspraxic, dyslexic, that all of these children that have not got a school place. And those are things that the massive, massive big things that do need to change, but they will make the biggest difference in our future generation. Trying to fight for that daily, which I do, is exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting, um, you know, but it's it's going to be worth it because these little children one day are going to be our future doctors, nurses, our politicians. They're going to be running our country and, and they need an education. And we've got to be responsible as adults to make that happen. So by doing a documentary, to put it out there in the biggest way possible, I, I do like to think we have made a big, big difference. So as exhausting as it was, definitely worth it. No, you're right. These invisible illnesses, they do need more sunlight, more candor, more honest conversation, more people like yourself using their platform to educate people. Um, And I I just wanted to commend you for that, Christine, because I know you do it even on like loose women as well. You use that. Recently, you have just spoke about how you've found like the biggest obstacle in your new day in life to be. Is Is that true? Honestly, right. So I separated from Patrick almost two years ago. Yeah. And I have not been on a date. No. Christine, honestly, I'm so I don't telling you. I don't care what you've got, mate. I would just take one lucky and be like, I'm fucking gonna go out with her 110%. Mate. Yeah, I can't... But it's getting me out. I've I've chatted, I've 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 had fun at times. I, I cannot even think about dating. Or like a serious relationship, like d- the whole keeping in touch with them. Like, what do you say? I get a message and I go, oh, <laughs> God, no. Heck. Oh, yeah. So, right, because obviously you've got a bit of a profile, like it must be harder to find somebody. Like I know the special dating sites and that, mate. Like I remember when I was single back in the day, Joel Dommer told me to get myself on Rhea. Have you heard of Rhea? Did you go on Rhea? I've never no. been on a dating site. Have you not? Christina couldn't get on. I got waitlisted. They wouldn't put us on it. <laughs> I know, honestly, so bad. It's a good thing I met her, because I fucking was, honestly, I was struggling. No, with. no, I, I've never been on a dating website. I don't even know where to start. I am not great at reading people, so I wouldn't know if someone approached me and they were actually coming on to me, or if they were just being friendly. I just think everyone's being friendly. Someone goes, oh, you look lovely, you look really beautiful. I'd be like, oh, thanks, so do you. Like, <laughs> you look great. But at what point do you kind of assume they, they might want a bit more? After and then- a portion. Well, honestly, Christine, yeah. let me tell you, I'm going to just put this out there. Most people are probably after a portion. You're fucking lush. Do you think so? Look at you. You're fun, you're gorgeous. But why, why are they talking to me? Like, what do they want? 
like do they want to be my mate or do they want I don't, I don't know what what I don't know what they want I don't get it yeah. I don't really get it at all so now I just for me that's I, I don't even know where to start it's honestly it is so it's such a minefield though because I've got mates who are like have been divorced and are, are getting back into the game and they're saying the same thing they're like back in my day you just like went out to a bar you were out on a night out and you met someone that way but things have slightly changed so I do totally understand maybe it's clear communication that you need Christine like I don't think there'd be anything wrong if someone yeah. came up and spoke to you if you said this is a really nice conversation. Are you looking to date us or are you just wanting to have a chat? I think that's really fine. I think men would, yeah. men and women, anybody would appreciate that. But then say they go, I would love to take you on a date. Yeah. yeah. Then for me, that opens up a million problems. Like, okay, well, where do we go? What do I wear? Like, what do we talk about? What do I eat? Because I have sensory issues around food. What if I don't like the food? What if it, what if I don't like the environment? What if I don't like the person in front of me? It's all of that. So then I just go, nah, <laughs> I'll stay in tonight. <laughs> I'll just, sod it, I'll just stay in. It's such a minefield, Christine. Oh, honestly, I can't imagine what you must be going through. But all I will say is when you feel ready, and you'll know the time. Like I'm sure you'll you'll find the perfect person for you because you're oh, so nice. Oh God, I don't know. I don't. Is anybody perfect? I'm not. Nah, I think maybe. But perfect person for you does exist. Erkan gets on my tits. Something chronic, Christine. <laughs> honestly, but then I know he's the perfect person for me. He provides us with a sense of calm because I'm quite chaotic. Like he's really kind. Like Aww. I don't know. I just think you'll find that person. I'm not in any rush. Like I said, the first hurdle for me would be actually agreeing to a date, then going on the date. <laughs> Do you reckon as well, this is a bit of a mad question, but would, obviously, because you and Paddy are on such great terms, would you, would you whoever you dated have to have his seal of approval? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we, we talk an awful lot and you know, we still live in the same house. But I think both of us right now, we're very much in the same place where we're just like, just don't really know what to do or where to go. You know, we've, we've been in this marriage for 16 years. I've been with him since I was 19. So my, my dating history before him was, was an absolute mess. You know, and then I've had this lovely long marriage, which sadly has come to an end. But... I'm kind of like, don't really know where to go, where to start. And he's the same. He's very much the same. Like he's tried it and kind of gone, oh, gone, I'm not quite ready. Um, but I, I think maybe when eventually we do live in separate houses, then it might be a lot easier. It might feel a bit more like the right time. But right now I'm not, I'm not totally against it. I'm open-minded, but it's more of just like the the social side of it and the conversation and like, what if they don't like me or what if I've dressed wrong or what? It's all of those things that I worry about with data. You are. You no, know I mean, and that's perfectly, do you know what, mate? That's perfectly natural. Like, when you think such a huge portion of your life has been Paddy and your marriage and yeah. at 19, you're like, you're so, like, all of those, like, formative years have involved Paddy. So, no, mate, I think you're so right. Like, don't be in a rush. You'll know when the time's right. I might need someone to write it down. <laughs> I'll give me when, a you, when the time sort when you feel like you're sort of right, I'll take you out on the poll. Oh God, are you gonna wing woman for me? <laughs> yeah, I'll wing one for you. I'll be great. I've got all the best travel lines in that, Christine. But you can't get me on right because you didn't get accepted. So. Oh, mate, unfortunately, <laughs> I cannot pull any strings there because I am shite. <laughs> 
I did just read though, right? This is so bad because I know the press is like, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. But I did just read that when you went to the launch of Sexy Fish recently, Jesse Lingard and you chatted for ages. Oh Come, my is God. It, is there any goss there or is it? Like, like seriously, do you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was a chef, right? So because Brilliant. I, don't, I don't follow football. I don't know who anybody is. So I'm just at this launch. I'm there with my best mate and I, I was probably in there for about an hour because I found it all too much it was yeah. it was absolutely chocker in there and it was I lovely see. because it was the launch party you couldn't move so there was no way to cozy up like the press roof so that was cozied up and you wouldn't find me cozied up with anyone because I'd be like oh that's a bit, bit too much <laughs> get away it's too much so so Jesse really lovely polite fellow by the way nice man but he comes over and he goes um Christine, I've invited you to my restaurant. Like, please, where you are you coming? I was like, what are you on about? And he's going, I've got a restaurant. I did send an invitation to your management. Will you come? It's at the weekend. And I was like, mate, I don't know what you're on about. No, I'm, I'm really sorry. I've not had the invitation, but um, I'm at the Pride Britain Awards this weekend. Anyway, it was that weekend I saw you. So I was like, no, I can't come. And he was like, oh, we'll pop in another time. It's in Cheshire, in the area where we both live there. So, you know, please come along and that was it are you starting to think who the fuck is this stalker i'm like i thought he was a chef because he was telling me he owned a restaurant so (laughs) that was it bless Bless him oh well very i mean i hope he's not a big the secret two fan because his ego will have definitely took a knock after that I mean, first of all, it's the wrong place to invite me, isn't it, to a restaurant, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you, babe. It's like, so sorry. I'm just really fascinated. Are a lot of your issues wrapped around in food as well? It's sensory, yeah. Okay. So it's the smell, the taste, the texture. I say I'm a vegetarian. Every, everything I eat is very beige. It's neutral. So there's a lot of carbs involved. I eat a lot of bread, bagels, pasta, um chicken anything plain I'm, I'm happy with yeah. so for me just walking into a restaurant just the smell of it but yeah. oh god I can't I can't eat in here I do it I can do it I can manage it but I'm always the one saying can I have pasta but just put the sauce on the side or put it in a you know just not too much um but yeah and that's what triggered me to have an eating disorder when I was younger because I didn't understand it um, now I understand it. I eat as much as I can of what I like, um, but I do need to try and be a bit more experimental because I need to try and get me five a day in there. And yeah, unfortunately, tomatoes and cucumbers and all of that, they're not beige. They don't fit no. in my food bracket. No, they're far too fucking colourful, babes. Have you, <laughs> I don't, not trying to teach you how to suck eggs yet. Where do you stand on the smoothie front? Could you whack some like fruit and veg in that or would that? I've tried. I've really tried. But with that, it's the, the very lumpy. So yeah. I have soup and I'll make my own soup to try and get some vegetables in there. But it's got to be completely smooth. So if I went to a restaurant and tried to order a soup, I know it's going to come with lumps and fucking petals sprinkled on top. And I just want Fuck a nice that. soup. <laughs> No, I get it. I do get it. Honestly, mate, I'm 
like not on the spectrum myself, at least to the best of my knowledge. And I'm like, I have to sneak my vegetables in. Like I do yeah. loads of soups in winter, like roasted tomato, red pepper, red onion, all that, and blitz it up proper nice. And I, I feel really proud of myself when I do it because all I, I really struggle to get me veg in. I'm not one of those people who naturally loves it at all. I've got to really disguise it. So in that sense, I do sort of feel your pain. But hey, you look wicked, mate. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it, girl. Oh, thanks. I, I eat enough. And like I said, it, when I was younger, it was a lot more difficult. I did have an eating disorder. The doctors, of course, didn't understand why. They never asked me why I wasn't eating. Um, it was quite typically, you know, oh, she's a teenage girl. She cares about a figure. And I didn't at all. There was no one for me to look at, like, it you know, yeah. there was no social media. So for me, it wasn't about how I looked. It was simply, I'd go to the school canteen, I'd go, wow. That is absolutely chocker. It's it, it's the smell of the food, and there was no routine with what I was going to be picking every day and the queuing up. It was all chaotic, so I chose to not eat. Um, now there is there's, there's a program, by the way. It's a it's a for anorexic girls who are autistic and boys as well. It just seems to be more so girls, um, and it's called the Peace Pathway, and it's it's been made and created for people with eating disorders who are on the spectrum as well. And what they're doing is instead of going like the typical eating disorder program will be, okay, you can eat as much fruit and veg as you like. They're saying, let's have a look at what you're comfortable with. Let's put you in a room that you're comfortable with. Let's put you with you, your friends or your family, whoever you're happy to eat with, and we'll start there. And it's it's been so, so successful. I know so many girls that are doing that now and it's working for them better. So that's where I'm at with me and my children. I think as long as we're eating, that's enough. You know, yeah. I don't need to try and push boundaries too much and be saying, okay, make sure you've had some lettuce today. It's It doesn't matter if they're happy eating toast and chips and nuggets. As long as they're eating, that's fine. Mate, you're like one woman with three kids. Like, and you know, you're dealing with different, like sensory issues like I kind of like I think give yourself some grace you're doing brilliant do you know what honestly I think people people will often say to me oh god I bet you regret having kids oh it must be really difficult or you know I bet you wish you didn't now and on a, yeah honestly and people are, fuck, people are so fucking rude Christine take no but, yeah but I genuinely I get how people would read it on paper or in a magazine and go oh, she's autistic and ADHD and she's got three autistic children as well and she's going through divorce. Wow, she's got so much going on. How does she cope? But I'm, I'm with who I'm supposed to be with. Those children were always meant to be mine and I was made to be their mother. And I thank God every single day that, that my children are who they are because I can be me around my children. And when I'm around other people's children, wow, I'm like, how do you even go? <laughs> like they're playing football in the kitchen mine are all sat actually quite organized and quiet in the rooms and they're doing the homework and then they have a bit of playtime and then they have a bath and then they go to bed <laughs> it's lovely no it is lovely and you know what you're so right like you were you were made to be their mum yeah like you're their perfect mum and they're your perfect kids and that's all you have to say about it it's nobody else's fucking business quite frankly <laughs> Christine, I have absolutely loved talking to you in part one. I've got so, I barely asked you any of the questions that my lovely producer wrote because I was just so interested in talking to you. But I promise I will ask some of them in part two. Imagine 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.